Pirulau. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back. Watch your back. Oh, there's a chance is gonna get you. Gotta watch those red hands. It's the crimes of the Baslands. It's the crimes of the Baslands. Hello there, Julie. Hello, How you doing? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Welcome to our podcast, Crimes Thank you for welcoming in me. the Basque Lands. Yes, Crimes of the Basque Lands. Of the Basque Lands. <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask you just before we started, I'm like, eh, you, may right? as well, you may as well correct me on there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of our shtick now. <laughs> of the Basque Lands. Yeah. Um, so our it, podcast it is, is about... It's about usually crimes. crimes that take place either in the Basque country mm-hmm. and or anywhere in the world where any Basque person has been involved in a crime somehow. Exactly. Whether they're the victim, perpetrator, mm-hmm. whatever. Exactly. And we also have a drink with ourselves every week. Yes, we do. As we do this week. I have a beer. You have a wine. What are we going to start with? Uh, you mean which one are we going to mention first? Yes. Let's <clears> talk <throat> about the wine. Well, it's cold outside. It's really cold right now. And so red wine always suits me in cold weather. I can I have to get off the white wine in the winter. Yeah, it's lovely. It's warming. I'm just looking for the name. <clears throat> and I Alcorta. Did... Alcorta. Yes, it's a lo- it's quite a it's well-known a pretty... wine. Yeah, yeah, it's very common. It is pretty common it's this a crianza tempranillo 2013 from fuen what is it called fuen fuen mayor fuen mayor is the name of the town where it's from and yeah. that's in the rioja so it's not really the basque country but it's close enough yeah so rioja country. yeah i think we already talked about that right like yeah. rioja is a wine region that has both basque and spanish like both sides yeah <clears throat> and um actually today we're going to talk about the middle ages when this region was kind of going back and forth between spain oh okay and the basque country so it will be slightly relevant mm. i'm drinking a beer which is from Guipuscoa, mm-hmm. and it's a it's very nice it's uh called olaneta yes olaneta and it's from Merenteria, which is also kind of the region we're thinking about it's closer to the region we're thinking about okay um, which is uh, the end, the last part of the Pyrenees as they come and go into the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, this is where the story happened. Yeah, and today's special because Douglas is going to give us a story today. It is. my my. I can't wait to be the bystander and just listen and let's, comment. Let's see how it goes. It's uh, mostly around 1609 and 1610. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about witches, nice. witch trials and um, persecution. Yes. So the Basque country has become associated with witchcraft as well as Galicia mm. uh, within the Spanish context. If we go back about 80, 90 years, that's when the Basque country was incorporated into Spain. Mm-hmm. And so we're st- and plus during that first incorporation, we're talking 1520s. 
okay. 15, you know, 1520s to 30s. During that, that time was also when there was a lot of Protestantism and Catholics fighting in France to mm. see who was going to win. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Navarre, which is the area we're going to talk about today, the, the, which used to be the, the old uh, kingdom, the Basque kingdom mm-hmm. with capital in Pamplona. Religiously, we're looking at a place that had a lot of influence from the north, from Protestants, and there's a lot of suspicion, not only of Protestants, but also of um, just kind of folk religion, whatever they're doing, anything that doesn't, the church doesn't recognize, it doesn't like. Okay. And so, well, there's a lot of suspicion, you know, they don't necessarily speak Castilian, it's a, a people that speak Basque. Mm-hmm. So there's all those kinds of tensions and, and, and things happening. Okay. So in this context, now, you know, we're talking about, um, it's about 100 years after Navarre was incorporated into, well, the Spanish crown. Uh-huh. There's two main characters uh, in the story. Okay. And uh, let me let me just get their names here. So Maria de Shimildegui. And, well, she was born, Maria de Shimildegui was born in 1588. So, you know, not a lot of stuff written about her. Yeah. But she was born in a very famous place for witchcraft in the Basque Country. It's kind of known as the capital of witchcraft, which is uh, Sugaramurdi. Mm, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I haven't, actually. I've heard I have. So I've been to the caves it. and everything where supposedly wow, that's they've cool. done the, the deeds. The deed. <laughs> yeah. And so Maria de Shimildegui, so she was, uh, well, born in Sugaramurdi. She moved away at 16 and went to France. It doesn't specify here, but somewhere else I was reading suggested it would, would be in Bayonne. She went to work for a family for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then she came back in, uh, in 1609, during 1609, 1608, 1609. There was this guy in France who was also hunting witches. A witch hunter. He's a witch hunter and he's he's killing people. You know, it's Yikes. not he's not just making them confess. He's a real jerk. He's a real jerk. <laughs> so this guy was Pierre de Lancre. It's a name he chose. Oh. Although he is uh his surname is Arostegui. Basque. He is Basque. He's from Lower Navarre, which is actually a province in French Basque country. Oh, okay. Because it's not as mountainous as Navarre, so it's lower, even though it's on the top. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Indeed. And he's he's a bit of a bad boy. Um, he had some. He had a lot of traumas. Uh, so he moved up to Bordeaux, chose a very French-sounding name. Uh-huh. <laughs> he comes back, and he thinks now that everything that's wrong with the world is anything Basque. So the Basques are the worst. It's horrible oh, language. So he's rejecting all of his yeah, yeah, and so he ancestry. starts. Okay, he starts uh, this hunt across uh, the whole of the northern Basque country, and of course, his problem isn't with women; it's with Basque women. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> he's specific. <laughs> yeah, and and this is going on. He's he's killing people and hunting people, and it's horrible. And and I guess it's uh, you were asking if it's during the Inquisition, and yes, it is. It is ah, during. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if it was something that coincided with the Inquisition. 
So this Pierre guy, you know, he's making a mess up north. And so I, I we You don't... mean like in France? Yeah. So mm -hmm. he first started making a mess up in France. Well, it's the French Basque country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Northern he was up Basque there country. making waves. He was. He was. Okay. And so around about that time, uh, Maria de Chimildegui moves back to Navarre. So she's bringing all those stories that kind of the stress and uh, you know, but also, also the stories, you know, the confessions. So the, the idea was if you confess that you're a witch, I can absolve you. I don't need to kill you. Okay. But <laughs> if you don't confess to being a witch, then I have no choice but kill you. Mm. It's kind of funny how all the cases that I read were either in Galicia or the Basque Catalan country. Catalan countries. Or, yeah, the or, troublesome <laughs> areas. Which are the areas which... Where they have their own language. Exactly. Yeah. And weren't as incorporated into the state. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. These authorities uh, get very nervous about the stories of witchcraft in their neighboring northern regions. Mm-hmm. And let's keep in mind, it's less than 100 years that they have taken taken over Navarre. Okay. And so actually, the, the, the witch trials took place in Logroño, in La Rioja, mm -hmm. which is... I did read about that, yeah. It's part of Spain proper. Mm -hmm. And even there, you can see that they're doing it outside of, the, outside of Navarre because, you know... It's, Why would we trust these people? Right, sort of thing. exactly. You can't hold a trial there. You can't trust anything they say. Yeah. Or their judicial system. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent these two guys into the into this into the valley into the mountains, and they start interviewing people, uh, and and trying to collect stories. They get hundreds, one one thousand over one thousand eight hundred confessions. They get. Over a thousand of those are children. Oh my god, kids just saying shit. That's for one. That was children. Salem witch trials too. It was I, just I'm, kids going talking sure. about people. I'm sure. And then, um, uh, so it was mostly kids. And but <clears throat> in another case where the authorities went into the Basque Mountains looking for for people, they had a, a secret weapon that I, I have to mention because it's so okay. ridiculous. Should they, I hang on to my chapella? Hold on to your chapella. <laughs> they came in with twin little girls who could spot the witches. <laughs> oh my God. No way. Yeah. That was their technique to uncover the witches. What? They went around with these two little girls who could apparently sense. These two little liars is I what know. they were. <laughs> they were just two little kids that were like, pleasing adults yeah they were just trying to please adults yeah totally. and be like oh yeah sure we can do that yeah, yeah she's got we a got weird this. vibe we got this yeah she must be a witch oh my god you're also allowed to be tortured whilst you're being questioned of course that's how mm -hmm. you get confessions right <laughs> it's a really good yeah. way to get a confession yeah so you wonder why people them. why people confess because mm -hmm. if you do confess then i can finally absolve you mm -hmm. but if you don't confess you're probably a witch. Really, who instigated the beginning of this witch trial was Maria uh, Maria Shimildegui. She instigated the trial? 
well, the, because she came over and then she started saying that certain people were. Um, oh, um, so she's a bad witches. girl. Yeah. Ah, here I was thinking all this time that she was some poor persecuted woman. Exactly. But she ended up getting things started. The oh, story no. thickens. Yikes. This is good. Well, let's take a little mini break, <laughs> mini break, and we'll be back. Okay. The next. All right, we'll be back. And we're back. Yes. <clears throat> so I'm going to read a little bit from the Witch Trials in Navarre article mm -hmm. in Wikipedia. And it, and it gives us a little bit more context. So the investigation began, began when Maria de Schimeldegui of Sugaramurdi claimed that she had attended a witch's Sabbath, which would be at nocturnal gatherings, and named other members of the village being present. Oof. She confronted one of the Snitch. women... Well, I mean, she's clearly making it up. But she confronted one of the women she accused, Maria de Jauretegia, in front of the woman's family and recounted the details so vividly that the listeners became convinced and pressured the woman to confess. Mm. She admitted it was true <laughs> and said she had been a witch since she was a small child. <laughs> After her priest urged her to make a public confession, confession during the next few days, various other uh, others who had been denounced came forward and made public confession. Some of those under suspicion were dragged to the local priest by force and threatened with torture if they did not confess. I love how it's just the vividness that convinced them it must be true. Yeah, they're like, well, she had a really good story. It was very full of details. It can't be not true. Yeah. It's terrible. So in January 1609, four self-denounced witches were taken to Logroño for initial uh, initial hearing before the Inquisition. And in this case, it's not like it's the civil authorities. It's the government that is questioning mm -hmm. them. It's not. Because later we discover... Which was run by Catholics, right? It was one, run by Catholics. Yeah, it's it's nobody's good here, but there's... The government was Catholic. It was, but it wasn't a church that was doing this. It was the government. The state, yeah. It was the state. Yeah. Although, clearly, you know, the, Which is run by the priest is involved and all <laughs> yeah, of that. Like, come on. <laughs> so not until the preliminary inquiries were completed did the inquirers inform the Inquisitor General of the Supreme Council in Madrid, which is that that's why I was getting at. So ah. they didn't. You know, that now they told they the have church, the, the preliminary hearing mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, we need to notify Madrid. So these two inquisitors in Logroño assumed the existence of a witch sect was a fact. They and largely because the witches descriptions were in such close agreement. Mm. Everybody agreed. They heard the same story because their descriptions of the devil, nocturnal assemblies and admissions, admission ceremonies tallied with very few discrepancies between the accounts, according to these two men who were mm -hmm. uh, leading the, the questioning. Well, I mean, that's how like judicial systems work today, too. Like if you have so many witnesses recounting the same thing, you tend to take it as truth, right? It sounds good, but it's not. Because, oh, right, right, because... of course. Like that's, this is the flaws. 
because in March in 1609, the Supreme Council of the Inquisition sent a questionnaire to Logroño <laughs> to be administered to the imprisoned witches and witches still at liberty. Okay. And certain witnesses. Okay. However, these two beautiful men <laughs> didn't do that. They just administered it to the four witches that were in prison. <laughs> okay. Well, the few witches. So they I think didn't there were question the ones that were in that were still out of prison because the the questionnaire that the the madrid sent them actually was trying to catch people out with contradictions later on this guy here alonso de salazar frias comes into the story mm -hmm. he kind of steered the direction away from assuming first there were witches <laughs> okay because that's what these two guys assumed they just were like okay who are the witches? They didn't go, are witches a thing? Whereas Alonso de Salazar did, was he was more like, I'm not sure about this witch thing. Okay. Let's try and, he was an actual investigator. Okay. And he, um, so through him, we see that actually that questionnaire wasn't administered to anybody else. The guys already assumed that witches were a thing. Okay. And the thing that, that, that Salazar brought to the table was that he was like, no, try to catch them out. Mm. What did Salazar have? He had Basque. He could talk to people. Oh. And he could actually converse. He was in a church. Mm -hmm. And they sent him out to uh, to the same valley to do lots of interviews. Mm -hmm. He took people to the caves. Mm -hmm. And nobody could say where the devil was sitting, for example. <laughs> they kept changing their minds. <laughs> Then, Wait, maybe he was over there. Yeah. By yeah. that rock. Yeah. <laughs> like the basis for him to find problem with the confessions is is just is as hilarious as that. Like <laughs> this woman said he was she sitting. She said on he that was sitting stone. over there, and this girl said he was sitting over there. But then later she said he was sitting over here. Mm. And so And he looked like this or that. Yeah. So actually he he kind of brought, you know, some sense of and justice. Well, at least of logic. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure justice. Well, I mean, justice is based on logic, right? You can reasonably believe something or not, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. the whole basis of it, right? Yeah. You have to reasonably believe something happened or did not happen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the the interesting thing. These two guys, the first two guys, you know, they were taking so many, making so many assumptions. Yes, they are witches, of course. <laughs> Naturally. Let's just find who they are. And then they were just, there were these classic questions, which were like sometimes, you know, hundreds of years old that you were supposed to ask the witch. And then, you know, there were, there were these silly questions that were no way out, you know? Yeah. So, of course, they would catch them. Uh-huh. And they would feel very happy about themselves. So this guy, um, Salazar, is the first guy who's like, mm, let's Maybe, think yeah. about that. Okay. And, 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 and people... Um, do say he 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 managed uh, to to calm down witch trials mm, for the, the mob for, mentality even for the rest of Europe mm. after he he brought in these these kinds of because he was just like an investigator it, 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 indeed however he was a bit late he he, he it's a, he's not a good guy too late to the show he's not a good guy because he is part of the three people who eventually decides to kill 
these events occurred simultaneously with the witch hunt conducted in French by the French judge Pierre Lancre in uh, the northern Basque country, north of the Pyrenees. His investigation led to mass burning of accused witches, numbered about 80, over 80 wow. people that he burned. Wow. There's little doubt that the news of Lanker's activities fueled the panic on the on the southern side of the border. And that's what led to this uh, burning of these six people in 1610. It happened in Logroño, the capital of La Rioja. Mm -hmm. 30,000 people attended this burning on the stake. Yeah. The Bishop of Pamplona was was actually not happy with this. Mm -hmm. He wrote to to the Inquisition because these guys, you know, apparently didn't even know Basque, the first two guys that... Came to in interview people. Yeah, mm -hmm. who had all these people killed. And so in March uh, 1611, the Inquisitor General instructed Salazar to make new visitations, this time alone, unaccompanied by the other Inquisitors. He was not to use pressure or force confessions, nor to question witches about supposed accomplices, but he was to interrogate witches who allegedly attended the same gathering to see if their statements tallied. You see, this is very mm -hmm. much what Salazar was always about. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... He was, yeah, he was like a detective it, or it something. It comes yeah. out that although he was part of the three people who decided to kill these six people in the end, um, you know, his doubts about the process, mm -hmm. they weren't made public until ma many, many years later. So mm -hmm. we know about it, but, you know, he, he kept quiet. At the time, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that that was when he went up and then interviewed everybody by himself. And he's a Basque speaker. And mm -hmm. there's a very moving uh, part of the story when he, he, he calls this little boy like an angel, like a very pure soul. So somebody accused him, little this boys, little boy. this little, and he's little, I think he was 11. He, his little other little boys accused him of being a witch and he denied and his father didn't believe him. His father, the father thought he was a witch. Yeah. His own son. Yeah. He said, you have to confess because that's oh. the only way to get out of it. Oh, and no. he didn't. He was lashed on a bed naked until he was unconscious. Oh. He was taken away, and then after this, he was interviewed by Salazar. Oh. Salazar decided to take him into a room by himself. No people pressuring him or looking. And he asked him to tell the story. He said, I'm not guilty. And he was like, do you know, you have to confess if it's true. Mm -hmm. And then eventually this, this little boy goes, yeah, but... If I say, if I confess and it's not true, then that kind of, he doesn't say that's it with wrong. his words, but he, you know, he's implying that defeats the purpose. Yeah. And that's when Salazar kind of really hits home to him. He realizes these are very poor villages. Mm -hmm. They're very, you know, very basic. They get basically gruel to eat children. They don't yeah. get very nice food. No. And when you're coming to be interviewed by Mr. Priest, you get nice food mm -hmm. and it's a nice warm place. Yep. So the longer your so you stories. You tell them what you want to hear, they want to hear yeah. and 
yeah. you're going to get rewarded for that. And that's the kind of one plus one that saw Sarah put together and was like, well, the whole system is broken because they're mm -hmm. just confessing the cause. And later he talks to a woman and we see that I read this interview as well. And she's, 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 you know, she's a grown woman. And she, he's like, so why did you lie to me when he gets to the, to the bottom of it? And she's like, I, you, you guys came for stories. So I gave you a story. I gave you a story. I mean, I went with it. That's what you wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. Just pleasing people. Yeah. It's a people pleasing thing. Yeah. yeah. It was a very hard story to, to go through. And I have a, a little last mention about Inessa Gashen, mm -hmm. um, who is a poor woman <laughs> She's living in France and accused by Lancre of being a witch. Wait, who's Lancre? Lancre is the guy in, in, in Northern. France? The yeah, guy that was in, okay. In Northern Basque Country. And she was accused of being a witch. Out of the um, 80 people he killed, thankfully she escaped. How? Well, she confessed <laughs> and she uh -huh. wasn't killed. <laughs> okay. And then she came to the Southern Basque Country and was, was accused again, the poor woman. Oh no, twice? Yeah, thankfully she was not among. What was it about killed. her that people wanted to make her take her down? One of the articles, but it wasn't confirmed by another one, but another one said she had some condition. Either her eye was not right or she was. Oh you no. Know. Yeah. So some things you can't even help. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so clearly horrible. everybody was just body shaming her for God. some issue she had. And uh, I guess we should, I, at least I know five of the women's names that were burned at the stake. And I think we should. We should yeah, at least read those. For sure. Um, Maria de Chimildegui actually did. Um, she burned at the stake. No, the one that was like no, she snitching confessed. on everybody. No, because she confessed. It's but then she snitched don't. on everybody too. She created all the problems. Yeah. And she got, she so got, she got off. She got off. So Maria de Chimildegui was not one of them, but uh, Maria Bastan de Borda was one and Maria de Sosaya, Graciana Shara, and Maria de Arburu. Yeah, this is Maria de Chachute. Yes. These are the five women that we that I found guy. out. And, and that's the thing. I'm not sure if the last one was a guy. You well, know. tell us about one of them, if you have some yeah. information. So Maria de Sasoya, for example, from Oyeregi. I can't tell you where that is, but I'm assuming around Navarre as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, it says here in Navarre. Um, she was resident in the town of Renteria in Gipuzkoa. And uh, she was purportedly a witch of, this, of the same towns Akelari. Akelari is how they call the night Sabbath, which is how they call a witch meeting. Oh, okay. So here an Akelari would be a witch meeting. So she was accused of being in Part the of a Renteria witch meeting. Mm -hmm. Witch meeting, yeah. Um, she was 79. I know. A 79 year old. Yeah. Back in those days. Yeah. She lived to 79 and yeah. they got killed as a witch. She died in prison. But of course, since you had to burn the witches, her bones were burnt with the other six live people. Her, oh, because she died in prison and then yeah. they just burnt her bones. Yeah, five people had died in prison during this whole 
palaver. And they oh, were, so they didn't get burned at the stake. Five women were burned alive. She had right. thankfully died she before. She died before, but <laughs> being held in prison. A seven and As a old, condemned yeah. witch. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a little, little pause. Take a, a break. Pause. So yeah, this I can't believe that. But, yeah, it's it's really sad. An eighty, almost eighty year old woman. She was eighty by the time she was she gets turned imprisoned. eighty in prison. Seventy nine, she gets imprisoned, dies in prison. Yeah, really, and they have really to make sad. like a spectacle of her by burning her bones. The picture I saw of this uh, very famous Sugaramurdi um, cave. I wouldn't have classified as a cave because it looks like just a, a big rock that was like a massive rock that was formed a hole with a river. Is this what you saw? Like a little river going through a tunnel sort of thing? Because it wasn't bigger than I, You know what? It's been meters. years, so I don't know mm. exactly. I don't remember exactly that cave because mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of places since then. And mm. so I know we have a photo. Ramon mm -hmm, and I have a photo mm -hmm. of us at that cave. But it is, it, no, we should all go. We have to go. Sure. But but was it more like a... Uh, well, it was a cave. There was definitely caves. So like black insides. Well, it was like a big opening mm -hmm. in the rock. Mm -hmm. Right? So that, you can imagine there was like seances happening there or something. Whatever. The one that I... That's, what, that's how they play it out when you do the tour or whatever. And the reason why I say, which, which I love the idea, is because it's become part of Basque culture, being proud mm -hmm. of our witches, yes. of the Surguinas. And you can find lots of little trinkets, you know, as tourists. And you can oh, yeah, yeah. Little witch uh, memorabilia. memorabilia. So now we we actually have uh, official commemorations every year. And they dance. To these witches. No, it's, no, I think it's, it's not it's, witches, but women. I th yeah, all of... We're sacrificed for just being, I don't know, pagan? I mean, now there's just pagan commemorations to, to kind of affirm. Or just being women or just being different. Or... But you're, you're bringing things to the table. I'm just saying what happens in Sugaramurdi now mm. is they have festivals. Yes. They might uh, probably they will be thinking about women. I mean, we know the Basque country. They're always pro women. Pro women, so I'm sure they there's an element of remembering. Of course, yeah, because we were saying that that uh, in the Basque country there was a lot of times when women were running the show yeah. because men were away doing yeah. other labor. You know, they were out mm -hmm. fishing or whaling or yeah. coal mining, or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so women had to Take maintain care of the house, everything else. Yeah. You know, run everything. and the finances even. You know, mm -hmm. like doing everything. Yeah. So. It's a very strong culture of that. And so that's a very strong matriarchal culture. Mm. As they like to say that it's matriarchal, but they do. I, you know, I contest that a lot of times because it's a different, I consider it, you know, it's true. I that believe it that, isn't... yeah, that women have like a say mm -hmm. and that it's respected, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's still under a patriarchal. It's it's under like a Catholic church or it's under a government that's not that's matriarchal. You know what I mean? Like, but these are all functioning mm -hmm. within a 
within a within a structure or a system that's not matriarchal. You know what I mean? Yes and no, because you but assume... But the culture is... is. I think you assume that the church won. And that's the thing that I'm... I My reading is different. I'm not saying they win. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Because what I see in this story is the church and the state unsure of how much control they have over the Basque country. Mm-hmm. And because they have Scared this of. certain amount of independence and separateness, yep. that's what, yeah. And that's why they, be, they, they have They need these, to have that control yeah, over yeah. them. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, whereas I think when we go to that village, the women are actually in control and the church has a certain amount of control. I or don't, not even you know, in control. They're just hmm. more participants mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, the culture. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like they're taking part in the mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then have real power within that culture. You know, like they're either like doing the family finances mm-hmm. or they're, you know, their husband's out fishing. And they're the ones like selling the fish. Yeah. They're the ones making sure that everything gets sold and yeah. and how much money we're going to take in for the family and feed the family and everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's threatening, you know, it's threatening to other powers that be that want yeah. to control yeah. but that's certain the, groups. That's right? the thing, you know, like in more traditional uh, Western European countries, you see women's rights aren't, they aren't even allowed to have property where mm. I think here, it's more, well more generally there was more acceptance. under Franco yeah but w- what I was yeah yeah I just think women's position was more flexible in the Basque country I think yeah. there's more spaces for them to inhabit it over history and I think that's that's definitely still something I feel and, and no sure the for word, sure and people say it yeah the word matriarch, people that live here say it you the know? word matriarchal implies a lot of legality a lot of it implies rights, power power yeah it implies power that over everybody else but it, or like imposing some but it implies sort of... recognized power and I think that's where we mm. where we depart in the Basque country where the power of the woman is here but it's not legally recognized it's just yeah. a fact in society yeah. It's kind of, you know, I'm not, I don't want it's to say... It's very much a part of the yeah, culture and I, the society. I don't want to say behind closed doors or at home because that's kind of... But it's not. It's recognized women. among everybody. It is. But, you know, in those moments like Franco, when mm. in public you couldn't do anything at all... No. Then you couldn't have a bank account. You couldn't have f- a credit card. You yeah. couldn't have a how a mortgage or anything... Mm. Well, I'm not sure, but I'm. Su- I suppose, no, no, for I sure, suppose. absolutely, for sure. You couldn't mm. couldn't do anything without your husband's permission or your father's permission. Exactly, which is, I guess, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it is a big reason why. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, the almost the language almost died, so it's a bit of a trauma for Basque society and and an impetus towards wanting to be independent mm. and, and trying to, to sort of run your own separate laws. yourself from yeah mm. because yeah from the, this other culture yeah you know if, if you look at the 16 1610 occurrence that is a way of of the Spanish state trying to impose mm-hmm. its rules on Absolutely. the Basque country you know everything mm. is about you know opposing mm. yeah rule and yeah. power and I was I I want to mention this. I think it's very appropriate here, although it's slightly changing the topic because I was doing a course on Ukrainian statehood and the history of Ukrainian statehood, and one of the interesting points they made was Ukraine was just 
Ukrainians were just being Ukrainians, but it was because of the countries around it that it had to become a country to protect itself against being eaten up about by the empires around mm -hmm. it. And that's very much, I think, how I see here the Basque country between France and Spain, mm -hmm. you know, trying to survive and, you know, whether... Having a say in their, mm, in their own... Destiny and, yeah. and culture and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, in a way, that nationalism, that identity comes out of other states being next to it, trying to impose trying to their impose version it, of yeah, life. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know... For sure. I mean, Basque people have been... It makes perfect sense. They've been happy in the French state and in the, in the Spanish state for many centuries and then mm. not happy for many other centuries. Yeah. So, but in a way... When somebody tries to tell you what to do, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I just love that attrition of, of the idea of the fact that it's the attrition between two states that creates another state. Mm. you know, where people don't, you know, there's always this idea that we are one thing and then everybody else that doesn't fit in <laughs> yeah. suddenly becomes another. has to decide what to do. What do yeah. I do? Do I change yeah. myself a little bit? And that, yeah. Right. Or do, that's I, the tricky. do I go, yeah. well, actually, no, that's too much. I'm really mm -hmm. not that. And then you have to, you you find yourself that kind you have forced to, to yeah. form another something, state identity or yeah. whoever you are. No, but anyway. Yeah. See you guys next time. Do we yeah. say? So, yes, if you want to right. send us any stories, because mm -hmm. we're always looking for anything in the Basque. Wait, you told me how to pronounce this word. Diaspora. Diaspora. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've only ever read it, so I never heard it pronounced. Mm -hmm. Diaspora. So anything in the Basque diaspora. Mm. So write to us at um, crimesofthebasquelands at gmail.com. Yeah. Or on Instagram, you can follow us mm -hmm. on Crimes of the Basque Lands. Yeah. We bid you a Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas D. Carvalho, and Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basklands and contact us at crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque country or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, Agur! agur.